Welcome back to season two of the B Team. If you can hear something a little different, it's because one of the three of us figured out that the issue with our microphones was that we actually needed a new splitter. So we'll be coming to you in crystal clear, high definition for the rest of season two. Lee's back. He just had a big trip to New Zealand. Jerry just launched a new app. Guys, how we doing? How's it feel to be back for another episode of the B Team, except this time it's season two? Well, season two feels so different. I mean, we have the mic. We have a tech superstar in our midst. Uh, we have a guy who has a hurt knee in a microphone, Pimo. And uh, we have me. I just come back from abroad. Uh, I'll tell you all about it. Um, and I won't stop talking about it because that's what you do when you go on vacation. Um, but, yeah, this feels really exciting, especially the mic. You sound way better. I can't wait to hear this when I listen back uh, in the morning. Um, but th- it sounds – I think these mics are really going to be a game changer. I guess, Jerry, we got to get on that, huh? Yeah, it's very B-team of us to be like – three months in now to when we've actually started and we're just now hearing what it sounds like (laughs) when someone has the mic we're like oh that's that's a really good idea we should do that so everyone will be really lucky today we have one third of the episode uh we'll be on a really great mic and then lee and i will just be like cutting in and out it'll be great lee's international traveler he's gotta get his um american leg back anyway after being down end for so long so you know, I'm excited. Let's follow NPR host Pimo's lead on this. Well, that's a pretty big honor that you just bestowed upon me, NPR host. I can only dream of that at this point, but uh, I'll do my best to you're, keep you're it as smooth as going. S's are so pure. They sound so good. This is amazing, you know, your, minus at least. Your whole energy is different. Your whole <laughs> casting is different you're just so calm and confident and if you, you can't see him he's in this dark room it looks like he has a turtleneck on because yep. it's so dark. he's got the headset it just feels this feels different this feels- i think the mic i think the mic is like a cup of coffee that he's holding with two hands just slowly raising it up and down but it's actually the mic so gotta remember that too but yeah yeah you you, you look very seattle right now <laughs> well jerry and lee aren't lying i have moved apartments um, I've injured my knee somehow, did that again to be determined what the injury is. Could just be a minor sprain, could be a ACL tear, you know, just the full gamut of injuries. Um, and you're actually not wrong. I looks like I'm holding the mic in two hands because I have a glass of wine in the left hand uh-huh. and the mic in the right. Uh, the point being here that, yeah, I definitely have changed in the past month. I think we all have a little though. I mean, yeah world traveler lee you know one second he's in new zealand the next he's fishing in aruba i mean where hasn't the kid been yeah you know i i like to get around and uh new zealand i i saw some sports while i was over there the uh, rugby world cup final was on uh new zealand wasn't in it um it was south africa versus england and it was pretty crazy how they how they do sports over there I think maybe just because rugby's so big, every single bar, no one was like really socializing. Everyone was just staring at the TV. And like my sister was like, this is my favorite town. It was a Saturday night. We were going to go out. 
and no one was like partying because they were just fixed on this game. So they they love rugby over there. I started to pick up the rules a little bit, but it's pretty confusing. It looks pretty fun, but they they love that shit over there. That's really cool. Because I mean, that's probably like what's the equivalent of like Super Bowl Sunday, I guess, if you were to go out but, on a Sunday. Yeah, the surprising thing was even. Like, Super Bowl Sunday, there's still tons of people partying, you know, at the bars and stuff. A lot of people don't give a fuck. Maybe just because there's a thousand, but, like, no one was, like, dancing around. They were just watching wow. rugby, like a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> it's big, right? And they weren't in New Zealand, wasn't even in it. That sucks for you, because that would have been great if New Zealand was in it. Then you would have been partying, and then you could have had, like, a night of your life. And you could yeah, talk about that- forever when you were in New Zealand when they won the World Rugby Championship. Yeah, that would have been a lot more fun. But still a lot of cool adventures. Went uh, on this hut trip, met an old skier named Bill. He was 65 years old. Um, There's a little bit of snow left on the peaks, and he was skidding up by himself and uh, skiing down. And these, this couple from Canada, this one guy, big Oilers fan, um, shout out that guy, I don't remember his name, but they took out some joints and – they were like, does anyone want to smoke any weed? And they offered it to the old man, Bill. And he goes, no, thanks. And I was like, oh, then he goes, brought my own. And he pulled out a bunch of weed. He had his own stuff. He's 65. And he told, he tells me that he gets to the top of the mountain after his skin and he smokes a joint every time and then skis down. And he's been doing it for like 40 years. He's been in avalanches. He says he just, he skied out of three or four avalanches. He always skis alone and he always gets really stoned. And he's a 65 year old Kiwi. So you know, just a living legend. Wow. That's unbelievable. That's amazing. Dude. That guy's living the life. I can't believe that he gets to the top of the skin and just roasts a fat bone and then skis down. I mean, I've, how often was he doing this? Was he smoking like six joints a day or something? He only does one run these days because he's 65. So he gets up and skis down. So that was it. Just one joint. Just one yeah. joint. Did you, One joint. <laughs> did you get his Zoom ID? Because I don't know about you guys, but I think Bill would be an amazing interview. He's probably way too good for the B team. But I don't know. Did Zoom ID come up in conversation? Damn. I really should have done that. I Oh, my God. Yeah. We were hiatus. I wasn't thinking B team. I don't know. I, 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 I fucked okay. up. So it was a very B team move. Yeah. I mean, what do you expect, listeners? Yeah. yeah. We are the B team. Only right. one third of us has mics right now. So um, I'm going to be harping on that for a while too, boys, until you get them. I figure now that you've heard the sound quality, you know, our listeners are going to be kind of disappointed and we want to keep them happy. I think that's the most important thing. Uh, Jerry can tell you, you know, when, when you get new users on the PonyPal app, you got to keep them happy. Yeah, you know, it's been great. We finally are out there. Uh, the uh, app stores and Google Play. Um, we're going to start a marketing uh, campaign coming up next week. Besides, of course, being a big sponsor of B-Team, um, we will be going outside of these channels as well to hopefully help bring people uh, together at their speed. Um, still also just grinding away on the coaching and driving and, you know, podding, podcasting. How many, you know, got po- lots of podcasts that we all do. I know we're all on three or four. So it keeps us busy for sure. Uh, I have a question. Uh, Hypothetically, if we were to sext on PonyPal, you or the other developers wouldn't 
see those messages, correct? Our messages are 100% encrypted. So we would not see any of those. I think there's a lot of other uses for it. But, you know, the great thing about PonyPal is you're free as long as it's not in a hateful manner. You're free to use it uh, in any way you would like. So so what if I've been cyberbullying on it? If it's brought to our attention and a member of our community is mis- uh, using the platform for cyberbullying, we'll, we'd have to uh, look into that um, as well. But, you know, well, there's so, a lot. I think there's so much other stuff to talk about than uh, PonyPal. Well, wait, wait. Okay. Sometimes my partners Go and on, I have, have some rough sex. So, in turn, I have rough sex. And I don't want that to be misinterpreted as cyberbullying because you said that I can sex, but I can't cyberbully. How will you deal with this problem, you and the developers? You know, I was talking to Pimo actually about this uh, the other day. Uh, Pimo, what, what did I? What did what conclusion did we reach um, on this one again? I think it was something like uh, Chuck Man should go what himself. I don't know. No, I think what we decided is oh. your pony pal, your decision. And um, <laughs> I don't want to give away the upcoming slogan for the new marketing campaign. That's that right. Launch also great marketing term channels, Jerry. I can see you've been doing your research there. Thank um, you. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, you know, we're excited for you. Um, just more excited to have your sponsorship of this podcast. I know you don't really see any revenue from that because you're paying yourself, but Lee and I, we get to wet the beak a little bit, which is awesome. Yeah, you're going to buy my mic too? Oh, uh, yeah, the Ponyville funds, once they start coming in, well, I'll buy all new mics for everybody. Um, uh, for now, though, it's it's more go grab the nearest splitter from the – closest dumpster in the back of an alley somewhere that's where we're at so uh just grinding away bootstrapping as we say in the industry um kind of doing it ourselves building it up um to unfortunately completely unlike a lot of teams across this nfl landscape it's been a while since we've all talked and uh things have just gotten worse over here (laughs) Well, as we know, um, our listeners are really just here for the Detroit Lions rants. Shout out Josh Leedson for a little uh, B-team promotion. But he said, inject Jerry's Lions rants into my veins. So, Jerry, what type of heroin do you have for Josh today? Whoa. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you this. The fucking Lions fucking suck. And by the way, it is the... Worst time to be a Detroit sports fan in the past 50 years. I was reading an article today. We've had one winning fucking season of any sport in the last 12 seasons. I believe. I could be off. Maybe it's not. That's got to be wrong. (laughs) Got to be wrong. No, the wings have sucked. I think what you mean by that is the past three years. In the past three years. See, I can dominate you because I have the mic. <laughs> yeah, in the true. past three years. I'm getting it up. I'm getting this shit up. I think what that means is the, that your sports teams, your four teams combined, have only had one winning season. Yes. For 12 seasons. Oh. As a whole. Yeah, not okay. the past 12 years. That would be insane. Oh, I, did I say? I'm sorry. No, no, I you said 12 seasons. We watched the Wings Bruins in college. That was like. That's not that long ago. More than four years ago. 
Yeah, but it wasn't 12, right, guys? Right, boys? Yeah. It was more than four, though. So, bad news bears across the board. The fucking Lions are 3-6-1. and one. We have no fucking defense. We brought in Coach Patricia to get us a defense. And all he does is wear a pencil in his ear that he doesn't use for anything. I still don't get why it's always in his ear. He doesn't write down anything. And his defense can't stop anyone. And his offense sucks, too. So... I am very disappointed in Bob Quinn, number one, the GM of the Lions. He has put together a loser team that obviously can't win unless we have Matt Stafford out there at all. Good teams are able to battle through some adversity, but there's no reason now Matt Stafford should step back on that football field for the rest of the year. Not only because he has a beautiful family, beautiful wife, and beautiful life that he honestly shouldn't put on the fucking line for this horrible organization, but because we have nothing left to play for. And I hope Maddie rests up, and I hope he doesn't give up on us, and I hope he comes back next year. Because I see with some good draft picks and a you know, free agent signing or two, we can be right back in there. Because we really did miss games that we should have won. I knew when that Packers stuff went down, and we all remember that, that we our season was probably over because we're not a good franchise and good franch- and it takes a good franchise to overcome Horrible adversity like that, losing on the road on primetime against one of your biggest rivals in the most uh, heartbreaking way on a call that – two calls that shouldn't have been made. And you got to be good to overcome that. We're not good. We have a young coach, a young team besides our quarterback, and the whole year has absolutely imploded since that game. And uh, it's over. And the Lions suck. And I'm excited to go home to see my friends and my family. I'm not really excited to go to the Lions game on Thanksgiving this year. I mean, I'm used to going to bad Lions games. Like, I was lucky the last, like, seven years, five of them meant something. I'm used to going to meaningless Lions Thanksgiving Day games. But now that I got a taste of it, I'm pretty pissed it's not going to matter. I'm more excited to go to the Pistons game on Monday night because I haven't been to Little Caesars Arena yet. So I'm going to go with my dad, and that's going to be fun. I'm going to check out the new arena. But the Lions are done. I hope Stafford doesn't play. It's not worth it. To him personally, because he's a great guy, order the team. The season's freaking over. Move on. But I will say this. I think Patricia needs one more year. I think it's hard. I know it happens. It's hard to fire a head coach after just two seasons. And I think he should get that third year. I don't know how it's going to work out. Um, but I think it would be very lion-esque, too, to just switch things up again after two years. That's all I got. That's all I fucking got. No, and FEMO, the Broncos could have been a good team. You had a slight offense. Well, the defense is pretty damn good. Thanks for throwing that dig in there, Jerry. Yeah, um, well, I'm trying to pass it off, and I don't want to talk about No, the- no, it's okay. I don't, I don't really want to talk about the Broncos too much because they suck too. Um, but you're right. They could have been a good team. Um, I mean, you look at all the close games that they either could have won, should have won, games like this last one that they shouldn't have lost. Um, yeah, I mean, they could easily be a playoff team. You look at a team like the Raiders, dude, the Raiders are probably going to make the playoffs, and I don't know about y'all, but I, I don't really think I would want to play the Raiders. I think the Raiders are actually an okay team. Um, I mean, they're not going to make any noise in the playoffs, but they're not a team that maybe you would just laugh off. You know, you got to take them a little seriously, and I think the Broncos, as you're saying, had a chance to be that team. But uh, I think the real story – in our past month off here, not to detract from your Lions, Jerry, has just been the play of Lamar Jackson. Um, I mean, he's 
kind of taken over this league. You know, it seemed like it was Patrick Mahomes' league. Mahomes gets injured. Who's the star? And it seems like we found him, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I think uh, – well, I luckily missed the Patriots-Ravens games, but I watched all the highlight, uh, and that was just crazy, watching him just shred apart the team that had been the best defense all year, and everyone's saying, oh, it's a fluke, they actually suck. Well, they held the Eagles who have been on a roll to 10 points last week, so they're still really good. It was just Lamar Jackson is that good, and then he went against the Texans, who don't have a great D anymore, but are – considered a Super Bowl contender, and just beat the shit out of them. Uh, that's pretty fucking wild. So I think you have to say the Ravens are the team to beat right now. The Raiders are are good. I actually think, like, Derek Carr is not as bad as we've all been saying, is he? I don't know. He's, no, not, you're right. You're right. They're going to lose in the first round if they get there. But I don't – He's he's not that bad. I wonder – I was thinking the other day, I wonder if they had had Antonio Brown and, and seen what Derek Carr could have done. Um, it would have been cool to see what he would have done uh, with A.B. But, yeah, they're, they're a decent little team. Um, just to get back to the Lions, though, real quick, um, I think that part of the reason why this rant was even sadder than usual, talking about going to the Lions on Thanksgiving, was that, you know, the first couple games of the season, I was like, this is a – tough team like they're playing well they blew that lead to the Cardinals but you're right the Packers game was fucked and then even with Jeffrey Driscoll or Driscoll that's his name right yeah Driscoll Driscoll. he looks decent he was he's good he's fine I mean they they have all these pieces and then they're just but it's just they're done they're in a really tough division and it's it's just yeah our defense sucks our defense is so bad and you bring in a defensive mind like Patricia and you would, you wouldn't think, you know, we're playing out there, we're getting cut like Swiss cheese out there in the defense. I mean, but literally, that's what's going on. I mean, there's holes everywhere. And a quick update in that stat: we've had one winning season uh, in the last three years. Um, and our local sports radio station's headline, ninety-seven-one, shout out the ticket, says Detroit by far is the worst major sports city in the U.S. since twenty seventeen. Which team will stop the bleeding first? So that's from the main uh, HQ of Detroit sports, which isn't great. Um, Also, glad you guys – I don't know why I love your Raiders bring up, but I do have a fun little uh, tidbit of information. Before the Lions um, season completely imploded upon itself to the train to hell and nowhere, I did stupidly travel to the Lions-Raiders game in Oakland with my buddy Sam. Uh, We went to that 49ers game last year, as you'll remember, when – father attacked us and his son with the 35 year old with football gloves yeah, no, we've, we've heard that story i think three times we'll on this podcast, yeah so. well yeah. Same, so we went together and we went to oakland um phenomenal fans in oakland seriously sucks that they are losing the raiders um the stadium i you know i would imagine people you've been to eastern europe more than i have but it felt like i was in like bulgaria or somewhere uh in eastern europe so <laughs> there's that but the fans were incredible. Uh, maybe that's central. I don't want to get mad. Um, but the the atmosphere, um, the Lions should have won. The atmosphere was great. And besides, like, one or two dudes that really wanted to fight us, like, really bad, and, like, one guy yelling at us, and, like, we're like, who's this guy? He's, like, hates us and hates Stafford. 
it's swearing at us all over the place. And like he's 20 rows back. We turn around in two minutes. He's 10 rows back, still getting in our ear. We turn around again. He's five rows back. Next thing we know, he's in the row behind us, tapping our shoulders like, what? What's Stafford going to do? Is Stafford going to come back now? You know Stafford's going to choke. Fuck you. Fuck the Lions. Fuck Stafford. He hates Stafford. And we're like, dude, relax. Even the Raiders fans are like, dude, calm down. They're not being that bad. And then he leaves for five minutes only to show up next to us in our row on the final drive as Stafford, of course, got stopped on the one-yard line. Um, and then a Raiders fan wearing a werewolf mask since it was right after the Halloween who we befriended actually escorted us out of the stadium as we were getting sworn at and told how bad the Lions were, which we already knew. Uh, but I respected the passion, and Oakland was a great place to watch the game. Um, and I think the Raiders, they're winning the close games. Eric Carr is playing way better. And honestly, those fans, it would be great if they their last year in Oakland could have a winning team make a run in the playoffs. So all the best to them. Dude, props to you for going and seeing a game in Oakland. Um you know, we rip on Detroit a good bit, but I think it takes a two, true Detroiter to really be able to go and withstand that type of environment. I know if I went there, granted the Broncos are an in-division rival of the Raiders, but I'd, I'd probably get killed. <laughs> I yeah, think I'd they, actually get they murdered. Hate Broncos fans, that's yeah. for sure. My yeah. brother had did it with some of his Raiders buds um, a few years ago. Um, and then, yeah, Sam and I, we went for it. Definitely less friendly confines than um, the 49ers. But like I said, passionate fans, it, it's a shame. And the tailgate scene before was freaking awesome. It's a shame the NFL is leaving Oakland. They should have put the Chargers to Vegas. There was no reason to take away the freaking Raiders. Now they're talking about them going to London. I will say, if after watching that game last night, oh, my God, if there was a team in Mexico City, it would be so much fun. Yeah. Those they're all sports. They're all soccer fans. So like, there were just chants last night that I was like, "What is that chant?" Like, they could probably be so much more organized and loud and like rowdy and like mess with opposing offenses. And then, I mean, they have a huge home field advantage. But and also like, not to generalize an entire group of people, but Mexicans love football. There's it's a huge it's a huge growing thing. It would be so much fun to have a team down there. And they for some reason like. The Chargers and the Raiders, I feel like, are pretty big, uh, like, down in Southern California and stuff. It'd be I know Mexico City is in a totally different part, but I don't know. One of those teams, they have no fucking – I mean, the Chargers have no fans anyway. The Rams don't even have any fans. Like, I'm totally cool with moving a team to Mexico. London seems crazy because of the travel. Yeah. I don't know. You got to fly across an ocean. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Um, but uh, a team in Mexico would be really fun. Mexico City would be amazing. That you're right. The fans could like innovate. Cheers. Yeah. Like, innovate. Cheers. In the NFL we haven't seen before. All we have now basically is like one dude holds up a D and another guy holds up a fence. That's <laughs> the best thing we have going for us. We could innovate. Bring some football cheers to uh, Americano. Football Americano. And it would lead to a lot more borderline offensive commentary from. Uh, really old white guys like uh, Tessator. Um, he had some great things last night where I think he was like, and look at what we have down here. We have a group of people in sombreros cheering on the Chargers. This is great fun. 
Like, and it's like, oh, when the mariachi music is playing here in Mexico City. And it's just like stuff that he thinks is like cute and going to grow the game. But you're kind of like, mm-hmm. okay. Tessator you know? in check. We got to get Tessator in check. We have to reel in the Tessators of the world yeah. uh, before we made this move. But um, I think it would, be, it would be a great thing. Speaking of last night's game, they also had this weird point where they showed they were showing highlights. It was during the fastest three minutes. Uh, Chris Berman and TJ did fastest three minutes at halftime as a throwback. And they showed some Bengals fans with bags on their head. And one of their, their heads, it said chasing young. And then it was cut off by the score bo- scoreboard below. But it just looked really bad. Like it probably said, it was probably a fucked up joke by a Cincinnati fan, like chasing young tail or something. I don't know, but they clearly cut it off. And they showed it in the fastest three minutes. And it was just these like Bengal fans, like writing. Imagine like writing that joke on your face and going to a football game. That's people in Cincinnati do. And then they didn't cut it out. They showed it on. It's just like, it's crazy that they thought that was a funny idea. And. I don't know. This the whole Monday night production just seems like not as professional as NBC or Fox or CBS. It just seems worse. Yeah, it is kind of like a ragtag group of guys, you know? Like what the fuck was Tessator doing before this gig? I really couldn't tell you. I know that <laughs> Boomer was on some college football show, but not even one of the big ones. You know, he was kind of one of those guys who like it's a Saturday afternoon, it's two o'clock, and you turn on Air Force versus Cincinnati, and at halftime, Booger McFarland and his fucked up mitts of hands shows up. You're like, oh yeah, that's a guy, Booger. Uh, he reminds me of the Seth Greenberg. If anyone knows Seth Greenberg, he's that bald old dude who comes around like for a month out of the year, just before March Madness every year. Um, he's kind of—he was like kind of the Seth Greenberg of college football. Now he's a Monday Night Football <laughs> announcer. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, Lee. It's a weird ragtag group of guys with some weird segments. You guys remember Sergio Dip too? That was—that yeah. was, was kind of when like Monday Night Football went from being a really cool big production that you kind of waited all week in a sense for to just a, a weird football show in a sense it is so bad Monday Night Football is off the rails <laughs> you go from Mike Tirico and John Gruden absolutely running that booth it was great I loved watching them they had a great dynamic Gruden's freaking out of his mind and it is hilarious and Tirico's voice it is soothing and amazing he, he's a great he gives a great call right Tessator is off his freaking rocker with some of the stuff he says, and he's always up here, like, always. <laughs> he has no flow. And Booger, I do love Booger's passion, but you're right. He came from, like, C-team college football Saturday to somehow the Boogermobile, and, like, the Boogermobile ran out of battery and propelled him up to the booth or something. I mean, what happened was obviously Jason Witten leaving, but that was also good for ESPN because Jason Witten wasn't good either. They're going to have to reboot. So I don't know about Tessator. I just I'm not bought into Tessator. I mean, who's a good play-by-play guy? I guess he's their A-team. ESPN's A-team play-by-play is Tessator because they've lost like everybody over the years. 
Was Al Michaels with ESPN for a while? Yeah, he was with ESPN ABC. Then he went over to NBC, obviously. They had Tarico. He's gone. Uh, NBC just keeps paying the big bucks, scooping up all ESPN's best play-by-play guys. Since yeah, we're on the topic of it, um, you know who's been a great addition to the CBS commentary booth is Gene Statutor. He has just oh, – Steratore. Yeah, sorry. Not Statutor. Statutor. <laughs> we don't have to cut that. We no. don't. We'll leave that. We'll be, we'll be leaving that in. Don't you worry. Gene Statutory. Yeah, no, but he's great, man. I've been watching a lot of uh, SEC college football, and he's on then. And I mean, not only does he bring some good insight into some of the officiating calls, but he's actually kind of a funny guy. He'll bring in some jokes too, and uh, just nice to have in the booth for sure. Yeah, um, I I, I want to defend Booger McFarland really quick. Um, I don't. Know, I in was was the Packers Lions game a Monday night game? Yeah, yep. he was phenomenal for the Lions. Yeah, he was yeah. great. He was he was the only honest commentator I've heard in so long, and it's really, really refreshing. He was just ripping on on uh, the refs, and and he just he rips on players when they're bad. He doesn't like go along with the narrative sometimes. Oh, I uh, he he did he was saying that Philip Rivers is going to be a Hall of Famer a lot last night, which is true. But I thought of this thing last night where. If NFL uh, analysts, commentators want to save the respect of the Hall of Fame, they're really going to have to start just bringing up things about Philip Rivers that he's done well, which is what Booger was doing last night. He's, like, he's a Hall of Famer right now. He knows what's going on. He knows how to, he's changing the play before it happens. He's checking to a run. We've been watching Philip Rivers for 16 years, and we've seen what happened last night every three weeks for the past 16 years. He always gets his team. He got so many chances last night. It literally was his career in a nutshell. And he threw four fucking picks. It was insane, and we just keep seeing it. But stats-wise, numbers-wise, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But we all know that he's trash. And he's going to come down where there's going to be, like, you know about if you hear of a of quarterbacks, like, who are in the Hall of Fame, like Johnny Unitas, like we grew up hearing about? Oh, he's in the Hall of Fame. He must be good. Joe Namath? We never actually looked them up. People are going to just think Philip Rivers. But we know he sucked. He sucked. He's a loser, and he sucked. Sorry, Phil. No, Lee, I think that might be one of the best points that we've ever had on this podcast. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that. I mean, I think you're right. I think when our grandkids look back, they'll see Philip Rivers, and they'll be thinking, you know, oh, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Philip Rivers, um, Drew Brees, you know, you got to see all these great people play. And I think they're right to a certain extent, but Philip Rivers, I would love to see what his playoff record even is. Um, not just wins, but also how many games has he played? Cause you're right. It's every year. They seem like they're just on the precipice of being a really good team. Even last year when they were a good team and made the playoffs, it still felt like they needed just one more piece to get over that hump, and the Patriots pretty much emasculated them in the divisional round. So it'd be nice I mean, to see Phillip make a little run, but I don't think that's happening. I think his career's coming to an end kind of soon here. Yeah, and correct me. First thing about the booger point, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, Pimo, but I, I, I think B team is pro booger, but Pimo 
was remarking how he did make a huge jump into the Booger Mobile from like midday Air Force ESPN college football coverage. Which seemed like uh, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think we're definitely pro Booger here. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. It just, he needs some time. I mean, I agree, Lee. He was great in that Lions game. Um, but, you know, he needs some time in the booth. He's not mm-hmm. like an established vet, per se. Yeah. That Lions game had, like, I was listening to freaking, like, national radio the next morning. And when sports translates over to freaking, like, morning edition on NPR, you know things are really screwed up. And she's reading, she's like, Booger, Mc, Booger McFarlane, uh, the c- color guy, was very, very angry at the uh, officials for the last game. So it wasn't good. So, yeah, uh, hockey's back. Uh, it's been back for a while. I'm sure all of our listeners have been tuning into pretty much every game. But uh, there's this old man named Don Cherry who uh, a lot of you guys may know. He dresses in crazy suits and stuff. He's been saying borderline racist shit for 30 years. He, and not just racist, but just crazy, crazy stuff. He's nuts. A lot of people didn't like him. A lot of people love him. He's part of hockey. I, I, did, I loved him. He's a huge Bruins guy. Uh, I was a big fan of his. Um, he made some comments about uh, immigrants in Canada not being patriotic enough. And it's great. In 2019, you think this stuff's, stuff's kind of phasing out. Well, we got a classic you people rant from Don Cherry who called Canadian immigrants you people and said they weren't patriotic enough and they weren't supporting the troops. And he said the people in downtown Toronto don't give a shit about Canada and they're ungrateful and they come here, but they won't support the troops. It was a stupid sweeping generalization about people that he doesn't know. He's probably never met. And he gets fired unsurprisingly because hockey is trying to grow and be less of uh, an all white American, Canadian, European sport. And obviously he got fired from, from his job. And there are so many stupid fucking hockey fans that are rushing out like, oh, my God, the world's gone so soft. This guy is such a fucking idiot. He's also 86 years old. He's going to die soon. Like, people are – if you read anything, it's all these comments like, yeah, the world's so soft. I can't even watch this anymore. These people hated Don Cherry for a while. And now that he said something racist, they like him. And they're, like, defending him. He said something so stupid that goes against everything the NHL stands for today. Of course they're going to fire him. There's zero chance he could have kept his job. He should have lost it 30 years ago. So I just wanted to go on a rant because these people are so fucking dumb who think that Don Cherry should have kept his job. And he's a racist idiot. So, I mean, I I like that he likes the Bruins. I like that he likes blue-collar hockey. I like that. It was fun. Um, I'm going to miss my times with Don Cherry, but – Time is up, folks. Time is up. Sorry, I had to say that rant. Back to you guys. Avs and Bruins are pretty good, though. I know uh, the Red Wings aren't the best. Jerry made that Uh, pretty apparent. But I completely agree. I I do want to say, I think we all know sometimes PC culture, and I think it's something as millennials, we're going to have to um, be ready to make sure that people still – get freedom of speech and to hear them out because you can learn that they're actually like racist dumbasses and they sh- we shouldn't be listening to them anymore. And Don Cherry showed that with his rant last week. And I completely agree. These people are out of line to come to his defense. You're right. Probably a lot of them that actually hated him. Um, it's absurd. He needed to go. 
Um, growing up in Detroit, I remember watching Don all the time on Hockey Night in Canada. And he'd come on with his eccentric suits. Um, and it was like, yeah, really, he was a, he was a character on the air. But where people are going to come in, like, no, this is not PC bullcrap. That's a guy who showed himself to be a racist, and he doesn't deserve to be on the airwaves any longer. And he might have been a Canadian hockey legend, but um, I think it's a sincere bye-bye, Don, from the B team. Yeah, this is a goodbye, Don, from the B team. You can lament the good times we had. No one's saying that. But the guy's 86. You know, they're trying to diversify the game. We're moving on, folks. Here at the B team, we're pouring one out. You can pour one out, sure, but you shouldn't still be there. <laughs> I think it's pretty awesome that we're able to come out and uh, say that not only are we part of the uh, No More Lemon movement, but also that we never were on the lemon train in the first place. Um, so, you know, really dodged a bullet there, guys. Good work. <laughs> Anybody got anything uh, about the NHL besides the Don Lemon story that they want to talk about? I, for one, do not. It's Don Cherry, by the way. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> we'll keep that in. Don I'll Lemon's show you where cool. my brain's at right now. Don, Don, Lemon, sounds, Don, Don, Lemon, sounds, Don Lemon sounds like a cool, I don't know, pretty cool porn star. Uh, Wait, yeah. Don Lemon is on CNN every night. True. Yeah. Just got my wires crossed there. I love it. Is I get it every day. I'm sure he absolutely hated the, the cherry incident because uh, Don Lemon speaks out against all that stuff as he should. Um, no, Don Lemon's going strong, folks. He is still going strong. What do you think the odds are of getting Don Lemon and Don Cherry in a cage match? Winner takes all. Very low. Don Lemon with two guys. Can we get them both on the B team, you think? That's interesting. We're going to talk to our producer, Jake Hurwitz, about yeah. this happening. Uh, Jake, if you can maybe get Don Cherry and Don Lemon. Yeah. Uh, oh. Don, Don Omar, too. Okay, Jake says he can maybe get Don Omar as well as Don Cherry and Don Lemon. We're going to have a round wow. discussion. Don Omar, Don Cherry, Don Lemon, and Don McLean, the writer and singer of American Pie. Folks. Stay tuned for this episode. It's, it's going to be great coming up later this season, season two of the team. Yeah, you think there's been crazy cage matches in the past. Wait till all these Dons step in the ring. Really see who's king. King Don. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. That was beautiful. <laughs> oh, man. How long have we been going? Um, like 50 minutes. All right, should we wrap yeah. it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, let's wrap it up with a little World Series talk. Huh? Oh, yeah, and baseball. Yeah. Fucking cheat. All right, go on. The fucking cheaters. Yeah, and the, the final thing we need to touch on, which I know everyone's waiting to hear uh, our opinions of, is, of course, the World Series and the world of baseball. We got there, folks. I knew you've been waiting all episode. Yep, we finally made it to baseball. Congratulations, the world champion, Washington Nationals. Baseball's capital is also our nation's. Wow, that was a great take. You're really becoming good at this podcasting thing, Jerry. That was good. Yeah, that was that was good. Um, 
I still feel like you're a little salty that uh, that all these former Tigers players have gotten their rings. Um, but who would it be? <laughs> who would it be? It's ridiculous. All the, every buddy from that Tiger lineup is now at least won one ring. <laughs> but um, I think aside even before we knew about the Astros stuff, that was great to see the team that no one expected to win the World Series win the World Series. That was really cool. I was, like, rooting pretty hard for the Nationals, um, and I was really happy to see them win just because, you know, you don't want the same teams to win every year. It seemed like it was going to be the Dodgers or the Astros. Or, well, actually, Dodgers haven't won yet, but that was cool. Go Nats. That was a fun World Series, too. Yeah, dude. Howie fucking Kendrick, huh? That dude's never going to have to buy another drink in uh, D.C., let alone the entire East Coast. He definitely showed that he had the clutch gene in those playoffs, so just clutch hit after clutch hit. And uh, that whole Nets team really just came together, got hot at the right time. Uh, really going to be good for a while, too. Maybe not, you know, World Series contenders every year, but Juan Soto is, what, 21 years old or something like that? I mean, he was about as clutch as they come throughout the playoffs, came up with some really big hits in that series. But, yeah, just a fun MLB playoffs in general. Um, I know not all of our teams were involved, but I feel like every year with baseball, it kind of cycles. Um, new teams make the playoffs every year, which I think makes it fun. You know, this year the Rays were there. Um, the A's, I know, are always good, but they were there. The Braves were good this past year. So can't say I'll be watching a lot of baseball. But, uh, you know, <laughs> when playoffs come around, I'll be back. I'll be back on the wagon. Yeah. That was great for the Nationals. Um, a great series. Odd, of course, every road team winning. Um, very weird. And you would think um, when the Astros were – on the road, it would have been harder for their batters to hear their cheating signs with the opposing fans cheering so loud. But uh, I guess it still worked. Um, all to say, good thing the freaking Astros lost. Freaking cheaters. If the Fab Five in Michigan got their championships pulled, maybe they need to look at that 2017 World Series title for the Astros. Maybe it's my Patriots bias. But I think the Astros were just doing what everybody else is doing. They were the best team a couple years ago. They were maybe the best team this year. I don't think it's that big a deal. But, hey, I've I've seen the NFL come down against my people, against the Patriots for fucking nothing. And I know these narratives go, so I'm I'm an ally. to the. I will announce here that I am an ally to the Astros. And I'm waiting till all the facts come out. And I still believe that they deserve that World Series a couple years ago because they were the best team in the league. If they were filming in real time signs that the catcher is delivering to the pitcher from some chump out in center field who's zooming in on his freaking fingers, relaying it real time within seconds to his home dugout, and then putting – some sort of symbol, whether it's beating the drum or whatever it was, yells, it was mostly beating the drum of uh, something in the dugout to then alert the batter, off speeds coming their way. That is such blatant cheating. If you get somehow when you're lucky and you have a runner at second base and you're able to pick up the signs and relay that, then that's a little gamesmanship. If you're able to pick up the signs from your bench, just playing the good old-fashioned way, good gamesmanship, that's baseball. 
So I have a freaking high-tech camera, as they call them these days, high-tech cameras. They have a, a camera <laughs> in center field monitoring real-time the size and then delivering it to the dugout. That's freaking blatant cheating, and their World Series should be looked at. Hot takes from both of you. Love to hear it, though. Let's cool off and get back for round two. <laughs> Smooth jazz with Jerry Lee and Pimo. Fuck, we're coming now. We're getting going there. We got wow. Smooth Jazz I'm, NPR host, Pimo. I'm sorry I yelled at you, Jerry. I'm sorry I yelled at you, but you're wrong. I don't, I don't know. I, everything just seems so calm and serene now. I, oh, you're right. My bad. I don't really care what happens. I'm just glad we're all here in this Zoom. I'm just so happy <laughs> to be looking at you guys over this Zoom, man. I mean, this is just amazing. Dude, this is just a miracle of modern technology that we can all be together yet be so far apart. Thousands of miles away. And here we are. Here we are. Feels like we're all in the same room, broadcasting, talking, changing the world, one podcast at a time. Honey, I'm home, but I'm not married, carried a lot of problems around, being frustrated. And now I'm sitting at the end of the month, I just made it like you made the B team. And like your daddy's wife, you're making a cough. You heard the AT alien, so back the hell up off. Softly as if I play piano in the dark. Found a way to channel my anger, not to involve the world's a stage and everybody got to play their part. God works in mysterious ways, so when he starts the job of speaking through us, we be so sincere with this here. No drugs or alcohol, so I can get the signal clear as day. Put my block away, I got a stronger weapon that never runs out of ammunition, so I'm ready for war. Okay, hold your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And if you like fish and grits and all that pimp shit, everybody let me hear you say, oh yeah, girl. Hold your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. Everybody let me hear you say, oh yeah.